here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. It was a great week because uh, God was with me and uh, God's always with me, but uh, I was more aware of it than uh, uh, the last while. And uh, just in speaking to people and encountering different people, it was awesome to see how the message from last week really impacted them. And um, one lady in particular said, I was so joyous this week. And uh, if you missed out, last week we shared on the Holy Spirit, uh, but the Jolly Spirit. And I don't know what you think when you think Holy Spirit and Almachtige God maybe, or like it's this far off uh, concept. But really what God, what God is, is, is that He's happy. And we are looking at increased fruitfulness. And I think the way which we see God will very often or always probably affect how you experience Him. I'm going to say that again. The way in which you see God is going to affect how you experience God. And just being there um, on, wasn't campus, but at Kutzenberg on Friday with the first years, and uh, it's really interesting to, to, let's say, check the temperature uh, of, uh, oh, yes, see, I now feel like a missionary. Well, there we go. <laughs> awesome. I can even put it on a, on a pedestal. Thank you to the sound team. You guys are awesome, huh? No, I just need some dust and some gumboots, and then we can go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tied to something now, but uh, at least I've got some wingspan. But yeah, just uh, what, we, what we're used to, what we grow up in and what we are living in is a bit of a grace bubble. I don't know if you've been with us for a while, you're part of the bubble, and uh, it's awesome. I like to be in this bubble. Uh, this is what we call family. This is what we call community. But there's so many people not in the bubble, and that's really God's heart and His purpose is for us to go out and share with, with them about what is available. And uh, just... On, on Friday, I just asked questions. And you know what? Questions can get you into a lot of trouble. <laughs> you just ask questions and you would say to someone, okay, so you, um, like, what, what is this about? And then I said, no, they're they actually Christian. I'm like, okay, so what do you believe? No, don't, what, what do you mean? I'm like, you just said you're Christian. According to my understanding, Christianity is about what you believe, so just tell me what do you believe? No, now you're asking difficult questions. I'm like, I'm not sure, but okay. Um, I'll tell you what I believe. Thank you for asking. And then I just share the gospel. Um, and then the, the awesome thing is, the first years came through and they were sort of like funneled. Like they, they were rushed. And uh, there was Herman and, and, and some others there as well. And um, it was really difficult in a sense because they were so rushed that you couldn't really speak to them. So what I realized is there's people at different stalls. There was about 80 or 90 stalls. And um, the people behind the tables at the stalls, they can't leave because they need to man the stall. So I was wandering around and chatting to the Roman Catholic stall and chatting to the spirituality and yoga stall people and, and going all about getting chased away at one of them as well, which will remain unnamed. But um, just challenging what people believe and how, because what they believe is how they see God. And I don't go out to, to, um, to be right or to pick a fight or anything like that. And, and I really walked away there and I feel... I think I felt a little bit like Jesus when he said they are like sheep without a shepherd. They are directionless. 
they are lost. They are lonely. And you know what comes with that? Depression. What comes with that is substance abuse. What comes after that is just lifelessness. And then I realized the, the dream of God is not that. And when we look at a series called Increased Fruitfulness, it's really not about us. It's about them. And who's them? Them is everyone who's not with us. And I don't talk about other churches. I talk about other non-believers. And that's really the key for God is, but you know what? When I share some of the truths, I told this one girl, it's a girl, no, I don't know, she was 18. Like I, I worked out I'm much older than the first years now. I felt like a whim. <laughs> three years ago, they called me whim three times and I went home because I said, I'm not good for our, uh, our street rep. I, I was called sir or mister once, but not whim this time. So, but I shaved specifically. Um, where am I going with this? <laughs> No, this lady. Thank you, Teresa. So, you know what was beautiful is um, people hear what you say, but they see what you do much more. What you do speaks much louder. And the stall right next to us, um, there was this one lady there, and, and she was sort of lonely. There was a few people now and then coming to help her. But, I mean, the wind was blowing. The table was blowing over. Their flyers were everywhere. And we just helped. Like, we just, like... We're not in competition. We just sort of helped. We, I figured out for them, they had one of these banners. And I left mine in the car because I saw the wind and I know that's not a good idea. I want to keep them. I don't want to set off sail um, with, the, with one of them. But they wanted that and that's all they had. So I showed them how to do it across the table. So it, it created a nice um, marketing experience for them, etc. But at the end, this lady was all alone again. Like there were some people coming to help. And, and she was just sitting there 6.30 Friday afternoon. The wind is blowing. She seemed helpless. And I said, hey, we're going to help you. And we just started packing up tables, and I was taking chairs back, and I said, can I take your chair? And just, I mean, that's just what we do. And um, we had the, the team there from boot camp, uh, which was awesome, the mission school, and uh, even two Albanians, so you'll, you'll meet them soon, um, Claudia and Avi. And it was awesome to see how they just, they're from Albania, they miles away, but they just got the Grace Life DNA. Uh, they're just part of us. Um, and whether we're there or here, we're just part of them as well. And uh, they were just super awesome in ministering. And what we did is we, we started packing up this lady's stall. And I said, hey, so what are you about? Because it was, honestly, I wasn't sure. They had things about Arbor and there's no planet B and we need to plant trees. And, and I agree with some of those things. But then they had some weird books which didn't agree with that. And I said, uh, oh, this is interesting. Um, what are you about? And she said, no, we're all about saving the planet and, and all of that. I'm like, okay. So uh, you've got some interesting books that go with that. And she said, yeah, no, that's, that's the head of our society. She's got some different ideas. I'm like, oh, no, what's your ideas? And she chatted a bit about it. And I said, okay, if I may ask, what is your view of where the planet comes from? Because obviously now you want to save the planet. So where does it come from? And I was wearing my Grace Life shirt. And she said, well, obviously you have your ideas. I said, yes, I do. But I, didn't, I asked you what your ideas are. Just in while we're packing up, having those conversations with people, and I said to her one of many things, but one of the things I said to her, I said, I'm going to tell you now my view, thank you for asking, but let me tell you a secret. And I said, the secret is that Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. I said, do you believe in the Bible? She said, no, she, she reads it. Okay, John 1, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I said, can I tell you a secret? Churches don't want you to know that. Because then they can't control you. But when we realize it's really not about sin, it's about Christ, it's about the Spirit living in you, 
then we don't need to control because our definition of holiness is not, not sinning. Our definition of holiness is one with God. And she said, wow, I've never heard anything like that. She grew up in church. She grew up Christian. A lot of the students, when they say they've, they grew up Christian, you know they don't want anything to do with you. Which is sad because it means the church as, at large are failing them. You tell me when I'm getting off mission and back onto Sunday service mode. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Oh, there you go. Let's give Rudolf and Monique a hand. That was awesome. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Just leave it there for uh, if ESCOM uh, blesses us again. So we're looking at increased fruitfulness, and I realized our message really is so important because our message is what brings hope. And the message then, if she says, I grew up in church, but I've never heard that God has taken away the sins of the world, then we don't have a problem only, we have an opportunity. And we have an opportunity. And you know what I said to the Albanians? I said, wow, this is, what did you experience? How was this? And she said, well, it's different. I said, yes, it's very, very liberal. And she said, yes, you can be thankful for that. I said, what do you mean? She said, at least in a liberal culture, there's still conversation. In Albania, it's nominal Muslims, so everyone thinks they are right and they, what their family are and they are right with that, so they don't even entertain the conversation. So I was like, well, that challenges me because I see liberalism as something bad in a way because it's regression in terms of Christian culture, but at least we still have the opportunity to have conversations. And I want to invite you into those conversations then with us as we go and as we go about the world and the life that we live. And really, mission for us is not what we go on. It is our culture. I love what Sumi said. Uh, she was there as well. And you'll see in a video feedback later, she said, this is, the mission didn't end. The mission just continues. They come back from Zululand. The mission didn't end. The mission continues. But what we're looking at is joy. And really, that is the, one of the fruits that is super offensive for some but also liberating. It's different to what the world has to give because the world is lacking joy. They're looking for happiness, but they're lacking joy. So we looked at it last week from Psalm 16, says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So there is fullness of joy. And then what we realized is the world can never have as much joy as the Christian. The unbeliever has got an unfair disadvantage. But it's not unfair. It's just they don't know what they don't have. But we as Christians have the fullness of joy. At your right hand, in your, in your presence, there's pleasures forevermore. Listen to this, John 15, 11. I'm challenging your views of God this morning. And I'm saying, these things I've spoken unto you, that my joy may, might remain in you. Why? Jesus is telling us how to live. In John 15, he's talking about abiding in the vine, stay close to me. And then people think, yeah, so that God can get more honor because God is this power-hungry, um, glory-hungry person or thing or being. No, it is that your joy might be full. How powerful. God's heart is that your joy be full, just like my joy be full. Because it is not because when our joy is full, we'll be better ambassadors, even though that's true. God is not after your fruit as much as he's after you. God just wants you to live free, to be happy in those things. The Passion says, My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. It's Christ's joy that has now become our joy. And what we said last week is, this is not a message to go and tickle yourself more often so you smile. 
This is not to look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm joyful. No, it's not that. This is to become aware of the presence of God, but also how you see God, because how you see God will affect the God that you experience and the God that you then share. And the God that we share and experience is the God who is anointing us with the oil of gladness above our peers. So Romans 7 and verse 4 says, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, someone said amen, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. God's heart for us is fruitfulness. So your definition of success should align with God's definition of fruitfulness. I'm going to say that again. Your definition of success should align with God's definition of fruitfulness. Otherwise, you're going to live unfulfilled. Because five new cars is not fruitfulness. Living in De Zalza or Valdivie is not fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is each producing after its kind. Now, if God calls you to Valdivie to go and minister there, please, I believe He's going to give you a house to go there. But that's not the reason. That's the vehicle that gets you there. The reason is people. And that's really what we're all about. We're all about people. God's heart is fruitfulness. He's given us the reason, if you look at this verse, the reason Christ came to fulfill the law is so that there can be more fruit. He says, for He died, we died to Christ through the law, or we died to the law through Christ, so that we should be married to another. You know, that's where babies are made. God's plan for babies. Marriage. Okay, that's a whole different sermon, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> so God creates this new marriage for the instance of fruitfulness. Now, we're looking at joy last week, and this week I want to look at something else. So Romans 14, 17 from the voice translation says, Because the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. When God reigns in order for the day is redeeming justice, true peace and joy made possible by the Holy Spirit. So what the King James, New King James says, um, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now ask yourself quickly, what is your definition of peace? So we're going to look at peace this morning. Last week we looked at joy. If you missed it, you can get it on SoundCloud. But uh, our definition of peace. Now for a lot of people, peace is the absence of trouble. Okay. That, that's a, I think that's an alchemina definition, a general. But you know what? True peace isn't the absence of things or circumstances. Rather, it is the presence of someone, the Holy Spirit. And that will challenge you. That challenges me. Peace is not the absence of trouble because Jesus said, I give you peace. So if I give you something, Jerusha, I'm not taking something from you, or am I? So I'm not taking your troubles when I give you peace. And that's what Jesus said. I give you peace. My peace. Not as the world gives. So it's not spas and Mauritius holidays. It is something better. Amen? And it's free. Thank you, Jesus. So true peace is His Spirit. In the kingdom, we are kingdom builders. Amen? We want to extend the kingdom. We want to share the gospel. What is it that is the kingdom? It's not eating, it's not drinking, it's not ordinances. I had a long chat with the Roman Catholic store guy, and uh, that was very interesting. And I really got him to think about what is it that he believes? What is Christianity? And I said, listen, 
you say you're a Christian, so when did you get born again? No, what do you mean? Okay, let's go to John 3. <laughs> let's start there. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son so that we can live forever. So when does that start? No, I don't know. Well, John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life, that we get to know God and Christ whom He has sent. So eternal life doesn't start when you die. Amen? It starts when you die the first time. When you're spiritually born again. Okay, that's when eternal life starts. So our definition of eternal life is also up for debate, if you will. Because eternal life, salvation, is what? It's the Spirit of God coming to indwell the body of man. For all have fallen short, Romans 5 and 23, I think, says, for all have fallen short of the glory. What is the glory? It's the God part. For all have sinned and fallen short. So sinning is not doing wrong. You see, that's why the generation that is coming through the university currently doesn't want to do anything. They don't want much to do with church because the church has been telling them what they've been doing wrong all the time. Where the definition of sin is not this is what you do wrong, this is what you're missing out on. And the world in their secular marketing has got that right because they tell you just drink this Coke and you're going to enjoy and be happy. Okay, you're also going to be fat and you're going to have a, a, a sugar crush half an hour later, but they don't tell you that. So as Christians, we have a good news message, and the definition of gospel is, like Evangelius, Egolia, it is good news by definition. So if what we share is not good news, then we're not sharing what God said. And Romans 1.16 says the gospel, the good news, is the power of God. So if we're not sharing good news, we're not operating in the power of God. So if I come to you and I say, hey, I've got a different kingdom, like Jesus said to Pilate. I'm not, don't worry, Pilate, I'm not, I don't want your seat. And Pilate realized that because Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, what is your kingdom about? Well, thank you, Paul, for writing Romans 14, 17, that says the kingdom of God is about righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So we looked at joy last week. Peace, then, is the presence of God. True peace is not the lack of something, but the very essence, the presence of God. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Peace is not God taking away circumstances, changing lockdown, taking your mask away, giving you more whatever. Make your boss disappear or resign. That's not peace. Peace is something Jesus gives us. And you know what? What is it that Jesus gave? He gave His Spirit. He gave His life, yes, but why? You see, that challenges us as well. Because Galatians 3.13 says that he died on a cross so that he could do away with the curse. But that's not where it ends. Because verse 14 says, so that the promise to Abraham could be made true, which is the outpouring of the Spirit. So salvation really is the essence of God coming to live in, the, in, in man. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why do you think the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter? Because He's the bringer of peace. He is the essence. He is peace. He is the kingdom. Hebrews 13.5, this will bless you. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Okay, contentment. That's a, a godly principle or concept, isn't it? To be content, to live content lives. Now, what we said, and we said it last year, is contentment, again, is not making peace with what you don't have. 
oh, I'm not just going to live in this address and I'm just going to drive this car and that's just, I'm, that's not contentment because you're also not going to be happy. But you're a good Christian. No, that's not what a good Christian is. Of a good Christian. What does that mean? Is he eating a lot? Is he weighing a lot? Is he... Because I don't know about you, but we all have received the measure of faith. The measure of Christ. So we all got the same. And guess what? We all have the same that Jesus had. Oh, that challenges you. Because he said, you'll do the same works that I did and greater. And how did he do it? He did it through the power of the Spirit. Now last week we looked at how joy really is a power. But we're looking at covetousness in terms of peace. Because if you're covetous, you're never going to be at peace. You're never going to be at rest. And that's the problem with this world and lust and looking for more and more and more. They're always telling you, if you just get... See, I was, uh, I was prophetic. <laughs> if you just, just get this iPhone, or you just eat this meal, or you just go to this restaurant... If you just get this upgrade, if you just drink this drink, if you just go to this country, if you just have as many followers on social media. But contentment really is with what you've got. And then he goes on and he says, just to make sure we know what he's talking about, he says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How beautiful. Instead of, of looking at what you don't have, as Christians, we are called to celebrate what we do have, which is the very essence and presence of God. And he says that's, not, that's never going to leave. He's never, never going away. The Amplified Classic says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. You see, so much of Christianity and about faith is about changing your circumstances. And when I read the Word, I don't see that. Because even Paul writes to slaves, and he doesn't tell them to be liberated. He tells them to serve their masters. He writes to masters, and he doesn't say, free your slaves. He said that to Onesimus, but that's a different story in Philemon. But he's writing and saying, like, just be, be, be nice to them. Be a good example. Why? Because you have Christ. You are representatives of who He is. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Now, I don't know about you, if you are convinced of that statement, of that promise by God, then you are going to live in peace. If you are focused on the truth that He will not, He will not, He will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, no matter what comes your way, no matter what the temperature is going to be in this room in a few minutes, you can be content with what you have. Amen? So we take comfort. There you go. Verse 6. And are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. Look at that, that, that's peace in the very essence. It says we take comfort, we are encouraged, and we confidently and boldly say. That's someone who's at peace. That's someone who knows what they've got. The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will uh, fear no dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? 
Pollock, can you guys maybe just open some windows and then if we just open the door at the back just to create some flow, even though it will be warm, I'm sure it's, uh, it's going to be helpful. Load shedding is uh, scheduled to be done soon, so uh, we'll see how far we go. John 14:26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. How beautiful is that? So we're looking at the presence of God is the peace of God. Okay, so peace again, if you take something home today, it is not that there was load shedding and we were jumping up and down. It is that the peace of God is not the absence of something, but the presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and that's really so beautiful because then we can get content. And when we're content, even our circumstances will change because we're going to stop fighting. We're going to stop working too hard. We're going to stop lusting and looking for more and more things. He says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Romans 8 and verse 9, this is beautiful. It says, but when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life. So what is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? Romans 8 speaks about the Spirit of Christ. And he's the one who not only comforts you, but now empowers your life. It says you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, if you are not joined to Him, you are not of Him. Salvation really includes the Holy Spirit. Because otherwise we have to take Romans 8 and verse 9 out of the Bible. Because it says if you don't have His Spirit, you are not of Him. Salvation is becoming one with Him. And then 1 Corinthians 6.17 says those who are joined to the Lord are one Spirit with Him. One Spirit. You see, we need to simplify Christianity. Because there's a generation, there's numbers, numerous people out there who does not know what is going on. They have more questions than answers. And the problem is they've stopped asking questions. We need to reinvigorate the question asking, hey, what, not what do you believe, but what are you wondering about? What are you unsure about? How do you see God? What do you think about creation? Now, I'm not a creationist. Or I am a creationist. I believe in Genesis, but that's not going to change anyone. That's not going to bring more peace to anyone. That's not going to see salvation come. But that's a conversation starter. But you don't have a, if you convince someone that God created the earth, you haven't gotten them into heaven. Not at all. But if that leads to spiritual conversation, that leads to the message of Christ that gives him the seed for salvation, then you're doing a job. Now Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now think about that. What are you making? If you make something again, it's not the absence of something, but it is the creation of something. If I make a cake, then there's a cake. Maybe not a good one, but okay. If I make a chair, then you're going to see the chair. So if we make peace, then it's not just helping people deal with their quarrels. It maybe includes that. But it's more than that. It is creating something. So what are we to create? It says, those shall be called the children of God. Now, I believe Jesus is speaking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The peacemakers, those who are making peace in the world. Those who are sharing the gospel. Sorry. And with that, sharing the Holy Spirit, which is the very essence and peace of God. Do you know what? The more people receive Christ, the more people receive the Spirit, the more people will be at peace. It's really, we have the opportunity to change the world. But it's going to happen through discipleship. It's going to happen through outreach. It's going to happen through not just sharing and being right, but to, to really share what brings life.
We're not out to bring a fight. I was chased away at one of the stalls and I went back there and I said, sorry, I didn't want to cause offense. I was only asking questions, but I probably could have done it better. So when we started serving people, we saw that made much more of an impact. I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise, should it? Because the word is all about serving. If they ask you to carry for one mile, carry for two. You see, Jesus really knew what he was talking about. He knew what would work. So we are called to be peacemakers. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people who's lacking inner peace even. They are lacking. They're not sleeping well. They, they're struggling. They're fighting with themselves and with depression and all those things. So again, we have the answer. We have the answer. It's not a multi-billion rand pharmaceutical industry. That's the answer. And if you're on any medication, there's no condemnation. I'm just wanting to show you a better way. I'm inviting you into true peace. And then what Jesus said is, not as the world gives. So you can go as the world gives and that will only take you so far, but there's a better way. And it's the Christ way. It's the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is alluding to the outpouring of the Spirit, which is then the creation of the children of God, which we call peacemakers. In other words, the Holy Spirit is which makes us sons of God to create something new. And part of what He creates is peaceful people. That didn't exist before. Again, after the cross, we've got so much more. We have the peace of God. It was the outpouring of the Spirit. We have the forgiveness of sins. Remember, peace is not the absence of evil. It is the presence of God's Spirit. I mean, that, that, that changes things. If we, can, if we can live in that mindset, listen, the world brings whatever, and there's circumstances, but... What do I have? Peace is, again, like, you don't ask yourself, what, what do I need? But what do I have? And that's really Hebrews 13.5, is we have the Holy Spirit. And what does that result in? Isaiah 61.1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to them that are bound. Now, he's not calling you to start a prison ministry. Maybe for some, but that's not what he's talking about. It's those who are caught up in their own thinking, in their own minds, in religion, in questions, in a worldview. There are freedom for them, liberty for the captives, opening of the prison for them that are bound. Maybe they're bound in sin, and we've got the forgiveness message. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. As Christians, we are called to be comforters. Why? Because we have the comfort living in us. And we get to do what God does. Amen? How awesome is that? We get to do what God does, and that is comfort people. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, why? So that He might be glorified. How awesome is that? The Holy Spirit really is the spirit of restfulness. Think about that. We spoke about it at Manakeir as well. And it says, if, um, if the enemy can't get you to sin, he'll get you busy. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to get you busy. He wants you to walk at the pace of Jesus, which is a walking pace, which is, come to me, all who are heavily laden. 
all who are, 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 are done with. And I'll show you how to take a real rest, the message, message translation says. We are invited to work from rest, not for it. Think about that. We are working from rest. Sabbath really is the first day for man. It was the seventh day for God, but it's the first day Adam woke up, he wanted to get going. God said, uh-uh, you rest. Sabbath in the Hebrew culture starts when the sun sets, not when it rises. So your day starts in rest. Now, I'm not wanting us to be legalistic and change our calendars, but it's a mindset. If your Sabbath starts when the sun sets, then you start at home. You start with the loved ones. You start at rest, and you go out from that place. And that's really what the Holy Spirit, you're not trying to get the Holy Spirit. You're not trying to prove things for God. You are living and abiding, isn't that beautiful, where He is. And He is your source. He is your flow. The true Christian life is a lifestyle, a way. What was the first Christians called? Book of Acts, people of the way. Yes, it's the way to God, but I believe their lifestyle spoke of something else. They were calm. They were at rest. Yes, sometimes they were fleeing for their lives, but that's something else. They were bearing fruit and abiding, not through ambition. Think about that. We want to be more fruitful. We can bear fruit, and the key is abide, not ambition. You want to grow the church? Abide. Not start 10 programs, go on marketing campaigns. That's ambition. But if you abide and God says, why don't you go and speak to this person? Why don't you go on this mission? Why don't you phone X? Why don't you invite so-and-so over? You know what the best way to grow the church is? You guys. We've tried. We've posted on Facebook and we've shared on Instagram and we were in the, the Akerstad Nice and that doesn't work. But that one-on-one -on -one conversation I had with the lady on Friday afternoon, that changes a life. That brings peace. That's peacemaking. That's reconciliation. That's inviting someone into a new reality. And it's beautiful that Claudia got a number and she's going to follow up with her. We've got someone from Albania coming to South Africa to minister to our students. That's kingdom. That is how we, we change the world. We are invited to work from rest, remember. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. What is the key to fruitfulness? Not ambition, abide. So I'm challenging the leaders and I'm, I'm, I'm putting this to you, churches. What is your mountain time with God? Where are you spending time with God? When are you just alone by Him and just abiding in that flow? In the same bring forth much fruit. Now listen to this. For without me, you can do nothing. You can go and try to prove Jesus wrong. Amen? You can. A lot of people do. But the truth is, without him, nothing you do is going to stand. Nothing you do is going to stand. The ERV, the easy to read, says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you will produce plenty of fruit. But separated from me, you won't be able to do anything. You can, like, we can try. But what does the word say? If, unless God builds the city or the wall, those who build it, build it in vain. Stay joined to Jesus. We need to live according to His pace. That's the thing. We want to stay, abide. is really a, a restful state. And if you're constantly going to run off, 
you're not going to be where Jesus is if He's walking pace. I did tell you about when we were walking in New York. And if you know Shane, our founder and lead pastor, he is much taller than me and his walking pace is quite frantic at best. He is like apostolic. And I sat under a Rob Rufus teaching once and the guy said, he is so um, hastig. But it's just the anointing. He needs to change the world. He needs to start a new church. He needs to... And I looked at Shane and I'm like, mm, I understand you so much better now. <laughs> so he's always going there. He's always wanting to get there quickly. And, um, and, and my wife Natasha, we were walking there and she was falling behind. Now she's not as tall as Shane is, neither as I am. And I was literally in the middle at the end and I was looking, okay, there's Shane through all the heads. Okay, luckily he's tall so I see him. And then I was looking back, okay, there's my wife. So, okay, I can see her. Okay, where's Shane? And then, but while we're walking, and you know, we're going street, 49th, 48th, 47th, and I was just doing that. And you know what I realized is that's not what we're called to do as Christians. We are called to walk where Jesus walks. Right there next to Him, with Him. And then we invite people with us. Remember at school, when you saw the people, like, you don't know where they're going, but you just see all the kids coming together. You know there's going to be a Barney, no? And if you were a prefect like me, you want to run the other way because, uh, true story, I was almost hit by a girl once because I was trying to break up a fight and I had to stare her down like a lion. I was like, you will not. <laughs> that would have been humiliating, but I had to be a peacemaker. Anyways, we need to, what I'm saying with that is if there's more of us going in a certain direction, there's more who want to join. But if it's too fast and too frantic and too, then they'll fall behind. They'll fall by the wayside. So we need to find this pace, this rhythm of grace, and live by that. Listen to verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you or appointed you. Why? There's a reason. Obviously, it's reconciliation. Obviously, it's being one with God. But it says, so that you can go and bring forth fruit. So God wants to be with you for fruitfulness, and they says that that fruit will remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I have chosen you. I have appointed you. I have placed you and purposefully planted you for fruitfulness. Verse 17 says, This is what I commanded you, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. How do we grow the kingdom? We abide. We enjoy the joy, the peace, the righteousness. We don't work for ambition for it, we enjoy what we have in it. And then we see, hey, this is a nice lifestyle. This is good. This is sustainable. This is something that we can maintain. And now we're inviting others on that with us. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22 says, it includes love, joy, and peace. Now, I should put a fruit bowl up here. Jerusha, remind me. We must put a fruit bowl up here. So if I had a bowl, think with me, a bowl of bananas... And I say, this is the fruit of the Spirit, and peace is one of them. Again, it's not the absence of something, it is the presence of something. So really, you can see I want you to go home with this idea that peace is not the absence of something, it's the presence of God. Because we can pray until we're blue. You know what, we still have it really good in South Africa. Speak to the Albanians. And they're not praying that their circumstances will change. No, they are changing their circumstances by preaching the gospel. They are going out and sharing what Jesus has. Romans, oh, sorry, John 15, 26. But when He, the Helper, the Comforter, 
the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby. Yo. When he comes, he's the Holy Spirit. So Robert Kiyosaki says you need to get your A-team. You need to have your advocate and you need to have all these people of influence. Boy, have I got good news for you. The Holy Spirit is your helper, he's your comforter, he's your advocate, he's your intercessor, he's your counselor, he's your strengthener and he's your standby. That is all the definitions that we get from just who he is. When he comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me. I don't know about you, if I've got those guys in my corner, then I'm alright. Then come what may, we're going to make it. Amen? Be content with what you have. Because what you have is amazing. What you have is the presence, the spirit, the essence of God. Remember, peace is not the absence of circumstances. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I'm closing with this before we're going to watch a video. It says, Hebrews 13, 5 from the Living Bible. It says, stay away from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is why we can say without any doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper. And I'm not afraid of anything that mere man can do to me. You see, the result of the presence of the Holy Spirit is living at peace. That is the fruit. But the seed, the origin, the essence is the Spirit Himself. And now He produces in you peace. He produces in you love. He produces in you joy, peace, long-suffering. Now, interesting that peace and long-suffering go hand in hand, go right next to each other. Again, it's not the absence of circumstances. It is the presence of God. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the presence and fellowship, the communion and sharing together and participation of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to read that again. Because this is how we experience the Holy Spirit. It's not just ticking a box. Okay, I got saved. Okay, I got the Spirit. Okay, I go to church on Sunday. Okay, I'm going to go to heaven one day. If that is your view of Christianity, you're missing out. It's joy, it's peace, it's, it's so much more. It says, but when He, the Helper, the Comforter comes, remember He's got all those names, but it says, the grace and favor, the spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the presence and fellowship. So God doesn't just want to be with you, He wants you to be aware of it. You know, it's when, you, when you're on your phone and you're talking to someone, they're not aware that you're listening. God doesn't want you to experience the Holy Spirit like that. He wants you to be fully focused, fully present in His presence. The love of God, the presence, the fellowship, the communion, the sharing together and participation. That's what we get. The Holy Spirit is not just ticking a box. It is so much more. It is that sharing together. It's the participation with whom? With God. If God is in your corner, why not live at peace? If God is in your corner, if He's backing you, if He's cheering you on, then you can. No matter how big the enemy is. David said, listen, I am a man of covenant. And this uncircumcised Philistine has got none of that. David knew who was in his corner. 
we live in the fullness of what was promised to him. Because he himself said in the Psalms, blessed is the man in future to whom sins will not be accounted to. And he said that my Lord, I'll call him Lord, speaking about the Christ. We've got so much more than to worry about circumstances. We can joyfully be at peace. Think about that. That's a nice person to be around. <laughs> someone who's joyful. Someone who's at peace. You can feel it sort of when you're around that person. They're not rushing somewhere. They're not trying to do the next thing. They're not ambitious. When I do interviews at work, I'm steer clear of ambition. Because they just use you as a stepping stone. I look for team players. I look for people who's content. I look for people of peace. Because I know that's how we change the world. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.